This podcast is brought to you by Pastor Matt Bolin and Faith Christian Family Church of Lubbock, Texas. For more information, please visit faithchurchlubbock.com. We're going to go ahead and move into the service. Tonight's message title is going to be Mounting Up on Faith. Mounting Up on Faith. If you have your Bibles, go ahead and open to Isaiah chapter 40. We're going to start right there. So, Isaiah, this is one of my, this is one of my favorite scriptures, and I remember there was a, a gentleman who's a praise and worship leader, and he did a CD years ago, and his name was Lincoln Brewster. I'd never heard of this guy. I was like, this, this, this is a cool name. This guy's got to be pretty, pretty amazing. He's got a crazy mohawk. And he's sitting there. My wife got me. She had had this CD, and I took it out of her stuff so I could listen to it. And I remember I was listening to it, and it came to this part, and this little kid reads this, this like, amazing saying, and I'm like, wow, that is one of the greatest things I've ever heard written. Never knew it was a scripture. But tonight we're going to talk a little bit about this because as I go back to those moments in my life when I would be listening to that, I can remember thinking, I'm not living as an eagle, but I'm walking on the ground when I should be soaring in the air with God. And so I want you to think about this tonight as we go through and where you're at with your walk with Christ. Let's go ahead and pray and we'll get ready. Father, we come to you in the name of Jesus once again. Father, we just thank you for the opportunity to be in your house. We thank you for the opportunity to receive your word. And Father, we ask that you would help us to receive your thoughts tonight. Father, Lord, I pray personally, Father, that you would use these words to share unto hearts, to speak unto hearts, to speak unto lives. Father, that you would share things through me, through these words, that may touch hearts to know how much they, that you truly love them. And Father, I ask that you would help me to speak with simplicity and clarity. Father, helping me to drive the points home, helping to understand what you're trying to get across tonight. Father, help us to mount up on wings of eagles in everything that we do. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. As I was studying for this, I came across one of, my, uh, one of the guys that I look to for just kind of leadership in my spiritual walk. And this is a gentleman named John G. Lake. John G. Lake has an incredible story, and I can't get into it for time's sake, but he was an incredible man of God came from nothing, and was just a man who trusted God in everything. And he says this, he said this thing, he says, we cannot exercise our faith beyond what we believe to be possible. Now, I want you to listen to this, because this identifies so much about where we are in life. You've got to ask yourself the question, why are you here tonight? Why do you have this relationship with Christ? Why, why are you doing these things? Pastor's been teaching on faith for so many weeks, has your faith increased? Or is it almost like, oh, I went to church Wednesday night, check mark. Oh, I get to do this, check mark. And instead, we're looking at these things, and are we truly believing for the impossible to be possible? Because listen to what he's saying right here. We cannot exercise our faith. This is our faith. Beyond what we believe to be possible. So we've got to stretch our faith. If you can't believe past this point right here, but God's wanting you to get here, then it's not about staying in your realm, it's about getting into God's realm. The Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. In order to grow your faith, that means you've got to get into the word of God. That means when you read the story of David, you realize that's not a man that has nothing to do with you, but that same spirit that was in David is found in you. The same man that stood up when Moses stood in front of everybody and said, let my people go, and he said, no, that's not going to happen. He stood up and he trusted God. 
When Jesus stood in front of all of them and everybody said, you should condemn them, you should, be, you should come out and say, it's not you, you didn't do anything wrong. He chose to die on a cross for you and I. What it comes back down to is that same spirit lives in us. So when we read these stories, they're not stories about someone else. They're stories about the same spirit that lives in you. And what it comes back down to is when we look at the beyond the possible, that's where we find the supernatural. When we get in the supernatural, you know whose realm you're living in at that point? You're living in the presence of God. Because the supernatural is the natural to him. The supernatural is not natural to us. Because we all deal with things that we're not sure about. But God says there's so much more out there. So if you can't exercise your faith to believe for those things that are not in front of you yet, that's okay. Because they're coming. Because they're coming. Because I will tell you this, my wife, she had sold shoulder surgery three weeks ago. Three weeks ago. Now my wife, she, she's kind of stubborn. She's, she's going she's gonna to get done what she needs to get done, whatever that takes. One week after having literally her shoulder reconstructed, she was coaching a basketball game. Many people would say that was dumb. Probably was, but that's okay. She survived. But I will tell you this. We prayed and we asked God, we're going to ask for supernatural healing. Now many people would say, okay, well if God's going to heal, it's going to happen like that, right? Maybe. But maybe God has a process for us to walk through during this time. This morning, she went to the physical therapist. And she said, I cannot believe how far you are. She's three weeks outside of surgery. Three weeks. And the lady said, I've been working with people that have had this six weeks. You're past where they are at six weeks. And you're only three weeks into it. You can't tell me God's not moving. God's not moving. Now, he may not be moving at what I think he should. That's okay. It's not my timetable. It's God's. I just get to relax and enjoy the peace. And this is what it comes back down to. Are you willing to trust God? Because the impossible may be screaming in your face right now. But that's okay because God's just beyond that. God is just beyond that door. God is just beyond that corner. And this is what he's trying to get us to understand. Isaiah chapter 40 verse 26 says this. It says, look up into the heavens. Look up into the heavens. Who created all the stars? I love, this is one of my favorite things to do in the morning. I've shared this before. I believe God has always put things on every one of our plates. Things that are destined specifically for you to remind you how amazing God thinks you are. One of the things that God has done for me is stars. Every morning when I go out, in fact, this morning when I was out, got up early this morning, I was out working out, and in between my sets, I walk outside and I just look and I praise the Lord. Because I look at the stars and I'm saying, those are the same stars that Abraham looked at when God said, you will be the father of many nations. That the number of those stars will be the descendants that you have. Those are the same stars that God created when he said, Lord, let there be light. That everything goes back to it. And I look and I said, why am I worried about these things? When if God can create that just for our look, how much more that he loves me can he take care of my little problem? It reminds me very quickly to live in peace and to live in joy. So he continues on. It says, who created all the stars? He brings them out like an army, one after another, calling each by its name because of his great and incomparable strength. Not a single one is missing. Oh, Jacob, how can you say the Lord does not see your troubles? Oh, Israel, how can you say God ignores your rights? How many times have we questioned that? God, do you know what's going on? Do you see all that I'm going through at work? Do you see I'm the only one that's doing what's right and everybody else is getting promoted. 
Everybody else is getting away with it. That's okay. Because remember this. Just as God put every single star in the exact place that it's meant to be, you're in the exact place that you're meant to be at this moment. So you go on. And it says this, have you never heard, have you never understood? And he's reminding him. At this point, he's slowing down and saying, do you not remember? Do you not remember how amazing God is? Because he goes on right here, and it says, the Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of all the earth. He never grows weak or weary. No one can measure the depths of his understanding. He gives power to the weak and strength to the powerless. Even youths will become weak and tired, and young men will fall in exhaustion. Listen to this. But those, but those, because what he's saying is on your own, you're going to get wore out. On your own, you're going to struggle. On your own, you're going to fail. But those, but those, I'm a but those. You and I are but those. Because he says this, but those who trust in the Lord. That's me. That's you. That's the ones that choose this. But those who trust in the Lord will find new strength. They will soar high on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. And what it comes back down to is this. We have to understand where our faith comes from. It is not faith in us. It's faith in him. When we trust in him, it changes everything. Because the question that we have to ask ourselves is, are we seeing God and the blessings that he's bringing into our life? Are we getting more caught up in the things of the world than we are him? God asked me this question about a year ago in one of my quiet times. And I was really frustrated with some of the things that were going on in the world. And I was complaining to God, and I was saying, God, this is so frustrating. These people are supposed to be following you, and they're doing this, and they're doing this, and they're doing this, and I'm just kind of going off on everything. And the Lord said, wow, you got quite the opinion on that. And I said, I do. Now, what are you going to do about it? And he said, why aren't you that passionate about the blessings I brought in your life? said the negative things that the world's screaming at you and it made me stop sometimes in our lives we become more passionate about the negative things the world's screaming than we do about the good things God is giving when we can't slow back down and receive the blessing that God has we're losing focus on him and getting it on them because there's a lot of them that are trying to distract you from what his purpose and plans are when we walk through this, we have to have the perspective and understanding. In the world today, it's pretty negative. In the world today, this shouldn't exist. And what I mean by this is we shouldn't have color in this area. It should be one color because that's what you were created to live at. The problem is that's not the way God created it. That's the way man wants it. God created it to have everybody live in harmony. Because in all reality, you know what? We all have the same thing inside of us, and it's called red blood. Because on the inside, we're the same person who God created us to be. And so as we look at this and we understand this, we have to come back to, but those who trust in the Lord will find new strength. They won't get caught up in the negativity, but they will find new strength. They will soar high on wings of eagles. Now, I want you to understand this, because eagles have a different perspective than we do. Totally different. When you talk about an eagle, you see those eagles, man, they are soaring through the air. I was watching videos this morning, and I was just kind of seeing some things about eagles and trying to understand a little bit more about them. 
And there was a slow motion video of this eagle taking off from this branch. And the power and the force that this eagle puts into his first move, he throws and he thrusts his wings down there. And he, with a force, steps forward to end up going up. But a lot of times in life, we don't do that. What we do is we take this little step of faith and think, I'm being so bold. The Bible says, mount up on wings of eagles. When you mount up, the eagle get up and he goes. He takes off. And that's the thing that we need to understand about this because his perspective doesn't look like ours. We, you and I, we deal with this thing called trees, buildings, houses, obstructions, whatever you want to call them. Eagles go right over the top of it. You know, they've never been bothered by a house. They've never said that car's in my way because they go right over the top of it. The thing is, when they're up high, there's nothing restricting them from where they're going. They're just soaring peacefully, flying through wherever they want to get to. The problem is, we are the ones, we're the eagles that are walking on the ground. Every eagle I've ever seen walk on the ground, which is none, can't get where an eagle who's flying in the air gets to. An eagle that flies in the air can go hundreds of miles compared to you and I, if we walked, could go 10 miles, 20 miles. He's going hundreds. So let me ask you this question. Why is it that we continue to walk in the same perspective of us on the ground instead of what God said to mount up on wings of eagles and fly through the air? When we look at that, it changes everything because they're not worried about the little things. Because remember this, sometimes we make those little things seem like mountains in our lives because we lose the perspective. When I keep my eyes focused on God, what seems like a mountain becomes a small hill, even becomes a small bump. But when I lose focus and focus on the hill or the bump, it becomes a mountain compared to God. It's all about perspective. The question that we have to ask ourselves is, is your vision defining your faith? Or is your faith defining your vision? Think about those two things. Because if what I'm seeing is defining my faith, then it goes back to that top quote. We cannot exercise our faith beyond what we believe to be possible. Well, if your faith isn't out there, then you know what's not possible is beyond what you can see. So if I look outside, all I can see is windows. A few little windows out there, but it's dark and I can't see beyond that. Well, I'm not sure what's out there, so I'm not going out that way. But if I trust God and God is telling me to go that way, when I see God, all of a sudden that stuff doesn't matter. Because you know what I'm doing, I'm going through. And I'm trusting his steps and his purpose and his plans. So my question for you is simply this. Is your vision, what you're seeing today, what reality is to you today, defining your faith? Or is your faith defining your reality? Because we have a choice. You can live in the natural, the supernatural. It's a decision that we choose to make. We have to walk through this. Always remember that your purpose is greater than your problem. No matter what's going on, no matter what's going on at work, always remember that your purpose in this life is greater than the small problem that you're dealing with today. You are called to so much greater and so much higher. Uh, Smith Wigglesworth says this, he says, I am not moved by what I see. I am not moved by what I feel. I am, not, I am moved by what I believe. I'm not moved by what I see. I'm not moved by what I feel, but I am moved. 
by what I believe. Kenneth Hagin says this, thinking faith thoughts, speaking faith words will lead the heart out of defeat and into victory. Because remember this, the same troubles that you and I face down on the ground, the eagle soars right over. We have a decision to choose. We can be those that walk on ground or we can learn to mount up on wings of eagles and soar through the air. It's a decision that we choose to make. If you have your Bibles, turn over to Psalms 130, and I'm going to walk you through a few things that the Lord showed me today. And I'm going to cover quite a few different scriptures very quickly, but they're on mine. It's on two pages, so we're going to go through them really quick. Psalms 130, verse 5. It says, I am counting on the Lord. Yes, I am counting on him. I have put my hope in his word. The, the, the key that we have to understand about these things is it starts out with I am. Now that's a bold statement that you and I have to choose to make. When I say I am, it's not about what Bob thinks I'm going to do. It's not about what Roxanne thinks I'm going to do. not even about what my wife thinks I'm going to do. Because when I say I am, I'm making the decision. So he says this, I am counting on the Lord. So it doesn't matter if Vicky comes to me and tells me all the bad things that are going to happen if I do this. Because I feel like the Lord has called me to do this. It's about my walk. It doesn't matter if Bob comes and encourages me and says, yes, I think you're doing great. That's incredible. I love it. But it's not going to affect me because I made the decision. I am counting on God. Because eventually Bob's not going to be there to cheer me on. And I've got to answer the question, am I willing to keep walking this out? Am I willing to keep trusting God? Because he says, yes, I am counting on him. That's the decision we choose to make. And it says, I have put my hope in his word. Psalms 131, verse 1 says this, Lord, my heart is not proud. My eyes are not haughty. I do not concern myself with matters too great or too awesome for me to grasp. Now, now listen to what he's saying right there. I don't concern myself with the things that are too great and too mighty for me to understand. If I don't get it, I don't need to get it. It's as simple as that. Because I'm going to come back and trust the Lord in this. He's got some purpose for me to understand these things. Now, it's a decision that I have to choose to make. So I come back to this. I don't concern myself with the matters too great or too awesome for me to grasp. But instead, because there's a lot of things that you have control over. And there's a lot of things that you have no control over. And the things that you have no control over, it's not for you to control. How many of you are the backseat driver? How many of you sit in the car and you're slamming on the brakes as people are driving? You're turning, you're trying to guide them to make sure they go the right way. Because even though you're not driving, you're guiding them, making sure. Because if you don't do that, they're going to mess up and it's going to screw everything up. But if they listen to you, it's going to make their life so much better. Everybody's going to get where they need to go because everybody loves backseat drivers, right? Loves to kick them out of the car. That's what they love to do with them. But that's what it comes back down to. Are you willing to just relax and ride? Or do you always have to be in control? Because the thing about it is, if you're the one that always has to be in control, guess who also knows that? The enemy. And guess what he's going to do in your world? Put you in a position where you cannot be in control. And you know what you're going to try to do? Get control. But you have no choice. So you're either going to learn to trust God or you're going to have to slow back down and say, God, I got to just take control. 
It's all about me because that's what it comes to. Remember, if it's too great or too deep to understand, I don't need to know about it. Well, how? I don't know. Why? I don't know. But I know it's going to happen. Because remember, I, verse 5, I am counting on the Lord. I am counting on him. I have put my hope in him. So I don't need to know this because I'm going to trust him. That's what it comes down to. I'm going to take all control off of me and give it to him. Because the Bible says, if you want to live at peace, love, joy, kindness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control, that says that's the fruit of the Spirit. That's not the fruit of Matt. Because Matt screws up constantly. If Matt's in control, we're going to do pretty good for about five seconds. And then we're going to have to mess up, and then we're going to get all things back in order. But you know what it comes back down to? Are you willing to trust him? So he goes on, verse 2, it says, Instead, I have calmed and quieted myself. You know what that means? Stop overthinking. Stop trying to make it your way. Stop trying to control the situation. I'm telling myself this. I'm not saying that to you. That's for me. But it says this, like a weaned child who no longer cries for its mother's milk, yes, like a weaned child, my soul within me. That control that you've suffered and tried to hold on to, that's your safety blanket. As long as you're in control, you'll trust anybody. Because you don't have to trust anybody, you've got to trust yourself. And when you do that, it's easy. But what it comes back down to is this. Are you willing to put your hope, remember, verse 3, O Israel, put your hope in the Lord, now and always. You know, when we look at this scripture, it changes how we view things. That Verse 2 actually cross-references over to this, and it says this. Uh, here it is, Psalm 62.1. This is the cross-reference of this scripture, Psalm 62.1, and it says this, I wait quietly before the Lord, for my victory comes from him. I wait quietly. Catch that part, because that's kind of key. Some people, that's hard. Quietly before the Lord. No, 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 I want to be in control, God. Okay, God, I'll let you do this. I remember watching a video one time. This lady was sitting on the chair and said, God, okay, I'm going to give you the opportunity. You're, you, this is your chair. You're the throne. You're leading my life. She invites God to sit down there. And, the, and this lady comes by and says, hey, we're going to go to the store. Do you want to go with us? And she's like, uh, hold on. I just got to ask somebody real quick. And hey, Jesus, can I go? And he's like, well, you know, we probably shouldn't because we're trying to save for this. Remember, we're trying to get our budget back on order. And we're doing these things. And the, the, the other lady who's over here goes, hey, are you going to come with us? And she, she's like, hold on, I'm, yeah, yeah, I'm going to come, I'm going to come, hold on, hold on. But, but Jesus, I want to do this, and but Jesus, but Jesus, we want to do this. And, and, and this is where we, and, and, and she's doing this, she, she's pushing him off the chair. And, and he's like, I'm not going to fight you for the chair, but, but what are you doing? You're, you, you said that I could sit here, and this is my chair, and I'm going to be in charge. I get to lead your life. And she goes back and forth, and the thing is, we put God in control until we're not sure God knows how to handle a situation, then we get back in control. Every one of us go through that. But that's where it comes back down to, if you don't know how to handle it, don't worry about it. The Bible says, be joyful, pray about everything, and trust him and be thankful in all circumstances. Right? Isn't that what we read earlier? Because we're going to go back to it here in a minute. 
But I want you to think about this. Because we think, if I can trust God with me in control, life is great. It's perfect. It's the way God created it, right? I'll trust him as long as I'm in control. But the moment you give God the opportunity and the keys, it changes everything. And this is what it comes down to. Psalms 135, verse 5. These are scriptures that we need to really mark up. And it says this, I know. I know the greatness of the Lord. See, here's the thing that King David had to keep reminding himself. Even when it looked meek, even when it looked dark, I know the greatness of the Lord. Because I remember when I fought the lion. I remember when I fought the bear. I remember when I took down Goliath. He's still the victor that allows me to experience the victory. It's the opportunity that we choose to make. So he says this, I know the greatness of the Lord. That our Lord is greater than any other God. And he goes on, the Lord does whatever pleases him throughout all heaven and earth. And all the seas and in their depths. Now I want you to understand this. Because we read that scripture and sometimes we look at it wrong. Because we see this and we say the Lord does whatever he pleases him. Well, if we don't know who God the Father is. Catch that last part. We sometimes think he's God. And when we think of him as a God, we think of him as far off. And he's going to do whatever he pleases. So he's like the judge that can be manipulated. Well, if I do this and I do this and I do this, then God will love me more. But that's not what it's about because it's God the Father. That you're his son and daughter. That he cares so much for you that there's nobody on this earth that has ever loved you more than he has loved you. So whatever pleases him is not a bad thing. It's the best thing for you. I can remember when my father-in-law, Pastor Stormy, he he was playing and he was kind of watching my daughter. And she had a, a fork and she was kind of playing around and she was sitting on the counter And she went to stick it in a socket. And he yelled, no! And she went. And she freaked and started crying and crying and crying. She was so mad and so scared and so this. Now, you may say, well, that was mean. You should have let her stick the fork in there. That was mean. You shouldn't have yelled at her. That wasn't those things. But you know what? A loving father sometimes has to keep you away from what you think is best for you in order to truly experience what is truly the best for you. So we go on. The Lord does whatever pleases him, our Father. Remember that. Throughout all heaven and earth and the seas and in their depths, he causes the clouds to rise over the whole earth. He sends the lightning and the rain, and he releases the wind from his storehouses. What he's saying is God's in control. God's in control. And it sounds good till we have to actually let him be in control. And the thing about it is when you're in control, you're really not in peace. Because the thing is, is that it's like spinning basketballs on your hand. If I was to take one basketball and try to work on spinning on one finger, that's great. What if I try to do it over here? What if then I try to add another ball? What if I try to do something else? All of a sudden I'm trying to do these things and I'm trying to keep them all spinning and there's no possible way that you could ever keep them all spinning. You know how much God loves you? How long are you pregnant for? Nine months. What would happen if you had kid after kid after kid after kid after kid, you know, every week? Man, they're just having kids every week. They're just, every week there's a new kid coming out. You would never catch your breath. 
God gives you nine months to focus on those, either that child or those children, if you have twins or triplets or seven or 15, whatever comes out. But you know what God gives you? He gives you nine months to focus on that child. Because he knows this, it takes nine months for that child to really develop everything and the love and the passion and to know the safety and the control doesn't have to be theirs, but it can be with mom and it can be with dad. And we know things are going to be good before the next child comes along because then what happens? They start to grow and they start to change. They start to walk and they start to move and they start to live these things and they always know mom and dad will always be there for me. They don't have to worry about control because they know mom and dad are in control. Now the question is, do we look at him the same way? We have to make the decision and choose that. Let's go back to what I read for tithes and offerings, 1 Thessalonians, and I'm going to read it again. And if you have time, you can make it there, but if not, don't worry about it. I'm going to read it real quick. Because remember this, the Lord is reminding us of something that's great. Always be joyful. Do you know that's part of the fruit of the Spirit? That in all reality, you really can't experience what true joy is without experiencing it through the Holy Spirit because he created it. Never stop praying. Keep trusting God. Keep the communication lines open. Be thankful in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you who belongs to Christ Jesus. Be thankful. You know, one of the things that as I was going through, I was, I was watching a sermon, and I, I listen to sermons all the time. And I do that because I need to grow. I don't take notes on it because I need to re-preach it. But sometimes there's some thoughts that God speaks through certain pastors. And this pastor shared this thought, and he said, he said, you know, the difference between thankfulness or gratitude, he said, sometimes we think of what the opposite is. As long as I don't do the opposite, then I'm going to be doing really well. So what do we think of the opposite of thankful? Well, that would be unthankful, right? Or gratitude is ingratitude. That's just, uh, there, there's nothing to it. it it's complaining. It's, it's, it's being unthankful for what we have. So we think this, if I will stay away from being unthankful, then that means if I do the opposite of unthankful, then that means I'm going to be thankful. But the thing is, is that the opposite of gratitude and thankfulness is not being ingratitude, but it comes back down to this. When you're grateful, when you're in gratitude and when you're thankful, you're letting him be in control. And so what it comes back down to is if you do the opposite of gratitude, it's actually worry. When you worry, you take control back on you. When you're in doubt, you take control back on you. So instead of being thankful, which we're saying, well, I'm just being thankful, I'm being thankful, I'm thankful I'm in control again, I'm so thankful of this, and I am, I'm being thankful, right? No, you're not. Because in all reality, you're not experiencing the joy. See, a lot of times what we think is if I do the opposite of the bad thing, then I'm doing the right thing. So, so we think this, if I don't sin today, then I'm closer to God, right? I mean, it's very simple, right? Because sin separates us from God. So if I do the opposite of sin, which means I say no to that thing. So um, hopefully nobody in here murdered anybody today. Did, did because you not murder somebody, you grow closer to God today? I don't think so. Because just because somebody walked by me and I chose not to murder them did not mean that I grew closer to God. Because the Bible says, seek me first. The Bible says, seek and you shall find. Knock and the door shall be open. 
ask and you shall receive. What it comes back down to is I have to not, in order to not sin, it's not about not doing sin. It's about refocusing and actually seeking. See, the difference that we look at is if I just don't sin, then I'm going to get closer to God. No, that's not true. What is true is very simply this, that when I choose to follow God, I'm choosing to seek him. And that's what it comes back down to. So it's not about just, oh, I want to experience joy. No, you can't experience joy until you seek God. When you seek God, then God teaches you what joy is about, what peace is about, what love is about, what everything that we need to fulfill our lives is all about. And so it comes down to this. Being grateful and being thankful is not not being unthankful. It's about stop worrying. It's about experiencing the joy that God has. It's about releasing the control. Because you can't control me as much as I can control you. But I can do this. I can leave it in his hands, and I can walk in peace. I can walk in love. I can walk in faith. Understand this. This season, people should not affect you. You should affect people. Because you're not getting caught up in what they are. You're getting caught up in what he's doing. Thank you for listening today. For more information, please visit faithchurchlubbock.com.